You are listening to a life-impacting message preached by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi is the pastor of the First Love Church London, a denomination founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills. The First Love Church is full of zealous young people who love and desire to work for the Lord. You will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this powerful message. My meditations, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. How sweet are thy words, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. From every evil way that I might keep thy words, oh Lord. I'm not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me 
How sweet are thy words, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Are a lamp unto my feet. Thy words, O Lord, are a light unto thy path. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Whoa, therefore, I hate every false way. How sweet are thy words, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Testimony, I need you. Testimony, I love you. Testimony, I need you. Honey, 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 honey. Testimony, I need you. Honey, 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 honey. Testimony, I love you. Honey, honey, testimony. Honey, honey, I need you. Honey, honey, testimony. Honey, honey, I need you. Honey, honey, testimony. Honey, honey, I need you. it all to me if you love the Lord you keep his commandments if you really love the Lord yeah you will do what he tells you if you really love the Lord you will marry him give yourself to him but that's no one I do
the Lord to give yourself to him, to do his mysterious will. Do you trust him for everything? Do you want to get to heaven? Find out the Bible is so true Because the greatest commandment Is to love the Lord your God, yes It is the greatest commandment There's no greater good than to love the Lord And you will find out That it is so true said to us, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come unto him, and make our bones with him. He that loveth me not, keep heaven on my sayings, he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Do 
when I needed somebody to talk with about a fault of a mind I have been carrying around for so long. See, I couldn't share it with just anybody. Cause anybody, they would not understand me. And that's when I hoped and I prayed I'd have someone to talk with. See, I know, I know that you love me. But sometimes you don't know, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what I've been through and how hard it's been for me to come out of sin. But see, I knew when I hear you counseling and speaking the word of God to me, it's like Jesus, Jesus healing me. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your blessing and we thank you for your help. Thank you for leading us by your precious Holy Spirit. Let your will be done amongst us once again. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Please take your seat. Okay, so um, I think um, for this session, what I want to talk to you about is shepherding okay i'll talk to you about shepherding which is which is one of the wisdom keys and one of the graces that god um, has blessed us with 
um, to raise shepherds, to do the work of a shepherd, and um, to serve the Lord. John chapter 10 is where you see the shepherd. One of the, one of the important things that makes the work of a shepherd and the role of a shepherd such a privilege is because Jesus called himself a shepherd. Jesus called himself. Jesus said he's a shepherd. So when you get the point to be a shepherd, which is, which is the same as a pastor, the work of a shepherd is a pastor, um, then you know that you are really doing a privileged job. So let's read John chapter 10. I think we can read from verse 1. It says that verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So church members are supposed to respond to shepherds, not thieves and robbers. You understand? If, if, if somebody comes in by another way, no matter who he is, and no matter what he is, once the person comes in by the door, by the door, it means that that person is a thief and a robber. I mean, no matter, imagine you, you, are, you are in your house and then you see someone coming in through your window. Through your window. And when you look at the person carefully, you see that this person looks like, I don't know who to choose. You understand? It looks, I mean, this like, okay, a member of the cabinet. Member of the you know you know the members of the cabinet, some of the members, foreign secretary, health secretary. When you look at the face, it's one of them. No matter who it is, you will say the person is breaking into your house. No matter, no matter who it is. So no, so in the same way, no matter, no matter who comes into your life or tries to come into your life or tries to come into the church, but not in the right way. Not in the right way. So it's like, not in the right way. What are the possible ways? Either by, let's say, invitation. Somebody has been invited to preach in your church. You can say, the person has come through the right door, which is, the person has come through the shepherd of that flock. That's the pastor. The pastor has invited him to come and preach. Not side evangelism. No. Seriously. Many years ago, many years ago, I was preaching. When I finished preaching, I heard something like a scuffle. Not really like a physical scuffle, but some talkings in the corridor outside. So I had to ask, what is going on there? What is going on there? And then I realized that Bishop Obi was involved. You understand? Bishop Obi was, he was with me, one of the pastors in London here. He's now uh, head of our mission in, in Kenya. Yes. But he was very upset with someone. So I, I, I was trying to call him down. That what is it? Who is the person? Who is the person he said, this person, he told me who the person is and which ministry the person was coming from. But the person is standing outside our church hall. And every member, as every member is going out, he's handing over flyers and leaflets to the person, inviting the person to their ministry and to their church. Do you understand? Because you see, sometimes when people see a church or you see the pastor, they feel, you know, they, they feel the members are gullible. 
You can easily come and throw anything and say anything and then they'll be following. They don't think that they don't think that you care or you even have a calling for the church and the care for the church that God has um, given you the grace and the privilege to to look after. So they feel they can just walk in and just take anybody that they want to take out. So this this gentleman, this gentleman, I always remember him. He was a short gentleman who um, had come. Yes. I can tell you the full story. Had come with his um, pastor to minister in the church a few weeks earlier. So afterwards, now instead of coming to ask permission, you remember the idea I was telling you that there are people when you invite them to your, to your church, the next thing you see that they've taken the second row. People like second row members. Because second row members are usually juicy, carefully selected. When I say juicy, I don't mean physically. I mean they are, I mean, I mean they are people of substance. So second row, don't, don't, don't be worried about your weight, okay? That's not what I mean. <laughs> yes. yes. Second row members, it's like, they are like, you can see that they are like key, important people in the, in the, in the church. In the service, they target people. So this person goes and comes back, and luckily Bishop Obi saw him and confronted him and took his leaflets away from him and drove him out. Drove him because that's how you should. That's when you see a thief in your house. What do you do? Do you give him tea? Do you give him tea and crackers? Yes. You don't give a thief crackers and cheese. And a cup of tea and say relax and enjoy and show him where all the other things are. So the next time when he comes, he can come and collect the rest of the things. You drive him out. So here I'm reading the Bible, he's saying that he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, into the church, into the midst of the people, but climbeth up. Some other way that is comes through a window or comes through the roof. You you remember those guys who removed the roof and let the person uh, in for Jesus to heal? They, I mean, they must be experienced guys. I don't want to guess what work they do. They must be very very experienced guys to remove a roof and let a human being down there for. For the preacher to see him, that I want you to see him and heal him. They must be, they must be very, very experienced. To have friend, friends who can remove roofs. <laughs> so, robbers and thieves are not welcome in the church. And I'm showing you how you can see. See, I'm, I'm giving you these examples because sometimes you, you can see, the person looks so familiar so good sometimes it's even a guest preacher somebody that you have seen before you have seen before as your pastor's friend you say pastor's friend and depending on depending on um, depending on where where you come from the culture is that somebody you even see as an uncle it's like oh this is our uncle this is pastor's brother pastor speaks so highly of him pastor speaks so well of him pastor seems to i am telling you that no matter who the person is Access to the church must be given in the right way, not just in any way, not just in any way, anyhow. Start creaming off people's church members, creaming them off to go and add, I mean, to go and add to your church. 
and to build your church. You don't cream off people's members. It's a battle. It's a battle to have even one soul. It's a battle to have even, even one soul. It's a battle. And to have one faithful person. Yes. It's a battle. It's a battle. When I look to my right, all these guys that I see here are pastors' children. And then I'll remember, I'll remember their parents. And I'll say, that, I mean, before we've got here, their parents have married. Because I knew their parents when they didn't even have beloveds. Yes. Before they chose, they say, I'm marrying this one. Yes. Before, and now I'm even talking about marriage together, before even ministry, to even talk to them. One of them, I remember sitting with him in a small room. He told me he's never called. He's not called. He's not called. Today you should see him blowing air on people to fall. Giving people, giving people prophetic directions. When I see him, I say, I say you. I remember, I remember you almost swearing, swearing on heaven and earth. That calling, you are not called. It's like, where did I even get this, this uh, uh, idea from? Then you can imagine such a person. Then somebody is coming to cream the person off. It's almost like every day you have to talk and explain how you get members, how you like your members, how you've been through things with your members, how you've been with your members and their children, how their children have grown up, that now you like their children, you're looking after their children. Before somebody will understand that the church that you have is not by magic. Yes. Yes. I can tell you for each of these guys, I can tell you stories about their mother. I can tell you stories about their father. Before they are sitting here. Each one. I have stories. I can t- say stories. Before I can give stories about they themselves. <laughs> yes. Hmm? Who is the one hiding there? Uh-huh. Another pastor's child, isn't it? Yes. Stories. Yes. And then somebody just climbs in through the window, coming to give you a leaflet. Or coming to give you ideas that when you come to my church and you play the keyboard, here, how much do they pay you? We will double it. Zero, zero times double is zero. They are not paid. Anything you double is nothing. Yes. We don't pay instrumentalists here. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't even have the energy to have a debate about it. We don't pay. If you will pay, God bless you. When I'm free, I can come and play for you so you pay me. It's not, it's not a problem. I don't even know, I don't even know why it's, it's going to be a debate. Should we pay instrumentalists in church or not? We, we don't pay. And I'm saying, you want to pay? Fantastic. I wish I'll get the chance to come and play for you so I can charge you. Yes. It's not, I mean, why should this even be a discussion? Have we, have we finished understanding Ezekiel and we're going to debate about uh, payment of instrumentalists when somebody is waiting on God to see the secrets of Ezekiel you are holding a debate on should, should church instrumentalists be paid or not no pay them I want a chance to come so that you can pay me including VAT 
Yes, to the feet. Yes. So, <laughs> so be careful about the robbers and the thieves. Verse 2. Let's go quickly. But he that entereth in by the door, he is the shepherd of the sheep. Shepherd of the sheep. They come in through the door the right way. Shepherd of the sheep. So there must be shepherds. Appointed shepherds. Legitimate shepherds. Approved shepherds. Recognized shepherds in every ministry and in every church. That should be shepherds. These are approved shepherds. These are the people who care for the sheep. Three. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Beautiful. Verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The sheep follow him because they know the voice of the shepherd. So, when, if you are going to be a good shepherd, which I'm sure we'll um, find, find a point and go through that as well. We'll be a good shepherd. The sheep must know your voice. You cannot be an absentee shepherd and build a church. Because the people will get to know the, the voice of the person who speaks to them. And who talks to them. And who counsels them. Person who counsels them, speaks to them, interacts with them, are the is the person that they will be comfortable with. They won't be comfortable with someone who is who just has a title but hasn't got the job. So they follow. That is, they obey. They follow instructions. They follow uh, um, the leadings by the voice. By the voice, you lead the sheep, you lead the flock, you lead the church by the voice. The dominant voice they hear is the voice that they know that this is our shepherd. This is our shepherd. Okay, verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. So when they are trained properly and taught properly, like I'm doing this afternoon, they will flee from strangers. When a stranger comes with a flyer and says, I have a program on Sunday at 2 p.m. And you know that your service is also at 2 p.m. And somebody is saying that don't go to church. Come to my church at 2 p.m. You will flee. You will flee from the person who is trying to take you away from your church. Where you are blessed. Where your pastor speaks to you all the time. And someone is saying, don't go there. Come here instead. You have met a stranger, a stranger. That person is a stranger, not your shepherd. Not your shepherd. When you know that service is at two o'clock, then you've organized a program at two o'clock. And you are telling someone's members that don't go to your church, come to me. Come to my program, come to my service, leave your church. That is a, that is a stranger. A rebel, the, in fact, let me use the words of the Bible. That's a thief and a robber. Thief, robber, stranger. You don't follow such people. Verse 6. When you see their flyer, tell them beautiful, all the best. Yes. Because maybe God has asked them to organize it. We don't know. 
But God has not asked us as a in your church. God has not asked to organize that thing. So you should go and look for the people who will attend. Yes. So you just look at it and say, beautiful. All the best. All the best. Don't say God bless you. Lest you bless the devil. Say all the best. And keep quiet. This parable spake Jesus unto them. But they understood not what things they were, they were which he spake unto them. Wow. Verse 7. Then Jesus said unto them again. Verily, verily, I say unto you. I am the door of the sheep. Hmm. Beautiful. Eight. All that came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Amazing. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Then verse 10. This one we all know, isn't it? It's a must know scripture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Beautiful. I've heard many sermons. Abundant life. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Jesus calls himself a shepherd. A shepherd. So if you want the more, the more Christ-like you will be, the more you have the aim and the desire to become a shepherd. And the more you would also appoint shepherds in your church. Shepherds, pastors, other ministers in your church. To help shepherd the people. To help shepherd them. The more shepherds you have, the more likely you are going to have a larger congregation. It's like a building. It's like a building. The bigger the building, the more support it will need. So, depending on the style that they use, the more columns you see in the building, it means that that building is going further and wider. So, the more pillars you have in your church, the more shepherds you have in your church, the more you have the potential, potential for that church to grow and to expand. But come to your church and it's just you. Forever it's just you. How many people can you carry? How many people can you live? Forever it's just you. You and your wife. You and mommy. It's just you and mommy. It's just daddy and mommy. It's just papa and mommy. For a long time it's papa and mommy. Papa and mommy. Nobody else, nobody else is rising up. And you see, you know, you know, you know, everybody produces after their kind. Everybody produces after their kind. Give somebody a chance to work, to serve God, to, 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 to bear fruits. And you will see that, you will see that the kind there that they attract, we can give you 70 years, you will not attract that kind. The only thing you will need to do is to give them a chance that you too, pastor, be a shepherd. Take over this area of, of the church. Suddenly you will, see, you will see growth. You will see expansion. And you will see different types of people in the service. So Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. So here I'm going to start off with three goals of a shepherd. Three goals. That is the aim. Number one. 
every shepherd must desire to become a good shepherd. What is a good shepherd like? You're a good shepherd when your shepherding style is like that of Christ. When your style of shepherding is like that of Christ. And he says that the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Giveth his life. Nobody says you go to a cross and die. <laughs> but give your life and yourself to the work of the ministry. Let it be your aim and your goal. That the only thing you will do and the only thing that you live for is working for the ministry. Give yourself and your life and your time and your energy for the work of the ministry. Yes. I was sharing with some brothers who were into some church planting work. And I was telling them, I was telling them that as part of their training, as part of our training meetings, I was telling them that one of the things you would need to know and understand if you are going to do church planting and church work is that you have to count the cost. You have to count the cost. And I told them the price, the price of every church is a life. Yes, I don't know, I can't hide it from you. The price of every church is a life. Where, where you have not got someone to give his life and give himself wholly to it, there's no church. There's no church. Or, or, there's, or there's a non-working church. A church that is, a church that is struggling. Struggling to like a, a church, the church is like a skeleton type. Or there's nothing. Because someone has not given his life. The price of a church is a life. That's the price. All struggling churches, all churches that seem like, okay, we started here, we tried in this country, it's not working, we tried this city, it's not working. It's because we have the price for that church has not been paid. Which is, and the price is a life. The price is a life. And what, what is your life? What is your life? Your time. Your money, your energy, your intelligence, adjusting, adjusting of your work schedule. Everything has to change. If you really, 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 really want to see a church there. You cannot, you can, I, I used to, I used to live, I used to live in um, the northern part of London. I lived in Hendon, I lived in Brent Cross, and I, I was living in uh, New Barnet. And pastoring, pastoring a church on Old Kent Road. You know. And one day, Bishop looked at me and said that, you know, what, what, what you are doing, it's not, it's not right. It's not right. You have to move. I said, ah, you know, it's like you feel, you know London, everything, you, where, you, where, you, where you drop is where you settle. So I was, I was dropped into Hendon. So all, all I know is North London. He said, no, 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 no. Even though he didn't quote this verse, but I can see this verse. That a shepherd will give his life for the sheep. You will make adjustments. He said, you have to move. I said, yes, please. I mean, not easy, not an easy yes, please. But I said, yes, please. I'll move. That's just from North London to South London. 
I moved straight, straight from New Banner to Lewisham. Straight. And the church changed. Yes, the church changed. Because now I am more around, more available. I can go anywhere in five minutes, anywhere in terms. I'm with the church members. I'm with the sheep. A shepherd must smell of sheep. Now we smell that it's, but we must smell sheep. We must smell that you are into the people with the people. With the people. The people should, should see you. They should see you in the shopping mall. They should see you in the Tesco. They should see you in the Sainsbury's. That you are one, you are one of them. You are with them. They should know where you are and who you are. That is that is a shepherd. That is a shepherd. It's not, it's not the same system that um, Church of England uses. They have parishes. Even when you're looking for a school, they will, ask, they will ask you whether you fall within the parish or you're outside of the parish. Because it's like the church, the church education and the life of the people is all built around one priest and one church. His life. So you can't preserve your life and say I'm preserving some life and then, and then the church should be on the side. It's as though the church is some interference. The church is some interference. The church is something that you know, let me put it on the side for a while. And then when I'm ready on Sundays, I'll come there then by some magic. People will gather. No. A good shepherd. Your aim has to be to be a good shepherd. And a good shepherd will follow the shepherding style of Jesus Christ. What is the shepherding style of Jesus? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The extent to which your life has been affected for the sake of the ministry is the extent to which you will have a flock and you have a certain grace to look after the people and to care for the people. In it. Is it in it? Yes. It is in it. It's in it, yes. That's a good shepherd. That's a good shepherd. I've always watched people who try pastoring somewhere far. Somewhere fast. Sometimes I want to ask them, do you, you think you are Benny Hinn? Yes. Because Benny, when he arrives in a the city, then people gather. The, a room is full. Yes. I say, you think you are Benny Hinn? Yes. So, so as I was talking to these young guys, I was telling them that I don't, I don't want you to say one day that I didn't tell you that this thing that you've committed yourself to, the price is a life. The price is a life. You need a life. Need a life. Every church, you need a life. Unless, unless you really don't want that church to work properly. But if you want the church to work properly and the church to be a church, the price of that church is what is called the price of a good shepherd. A life. A life. That is when it will work. So you see, anybody who doesn't give himself, that's a short, that, that's a shoddy job. That's a shoddy job. You see, the thing is not working because the person is not trying to give himself to it. And anyone who has not given himself probably but has something a little bit, it's a message to the person that if I give myself more to this thing, this thing will double and triple. Yes. Instead of having 50 people and congratulating yourself, it means that you could have had 500. But you don't want to pay the real price. You don't want to pay the real price. You don't want to have time, time, devotion, commitment, 
to the flock. The second sign of a good shepherd is that you're a good shepherd when you are when your pastoring style is like Christ's and your fruits are the same as his. When your pastoring style is like him and therefore your fruits are the same as his. When you teach, preach, heal. When you raise, when you raise disciples, raise apostles, send them out. Also anointed and powerful guys. When you can send them out. That's Jesus' style. Did Jesus not, not raise um, pastors, disciples? Yes. Sometimes we raise different things. Yes, we are not into raising of shepherds. We're into, we're into raising of, you know, different things. You don't even know who taught us that. But we, raise, we seem to raise different things and are happy. But we always find a verse to back it. Yes. But the Jesus style is what I'm saying. The Jesus style. The Jesus style. The one that is saying that stop. Follow me. Stop. Follow me. What will we eat? Don't worry about what we will eat. He will multiply the bread for us. <laughs> I tell you. Yes. Stop this. Let's go. Stop that. Let's go. We have bills to pay. Go and catch a fish. I'll find, I'll find the money in the mouth of the fish. We'll pay, we'll pay our bills. We'll pay our taxes. We'll pay everything. Yes. Don't worry at all. Your fruits will be the same as his. So this is the first aim and the first goal of a shepherd. To become a good shepherd. Number two, I'm giving you three goals of a shepherd. Number two is that every shepherd must desire to become a great shepherd. A great shepherd. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. Now the peace of God that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the, through the blood of the covenant, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the great shepherd. Another title that Jesus Christ was a great shepherd. You want to be like Christ, you aim to be a great shepherd. What is a great shepherd? Number one. You are a great shepherd when you have gained much knowledge and skill as a shepherd. Yes. You, be, you, become, you become great in your sphere of life when you become a master of it. You see, pastoring, pastoring, you must have skill. You must develop the skill of pastoring. Which is why I'm so blessed that, I'm so blessed that um, Bishop has come out with this gift of government book. Because it's a, it's a major big area that I know that a lot of ministries lack. How do I know? Because I know. Yes. How to govern. You see, that's, that's in its skill. You need a skill. You need a skill to manage things. Skill to manage people. Skill to manage offices. Skill, skill to do what is required and expected of you. 
I mean, managing people, leading people, it's not an easy thing. This book I'm reading from Out of Shepherding. I was reading this book once. I was flying from, I was flying from Frankfurt to Accra on Lufthansa. Mm-hmm. And seated next to me was um, this American guy. And we've been chatting. What you do, what I do, what they, what that, you know, all this. So he said, what book is that? And I turned for him to read. Then he said, what is it about? He said, out of shepherding. I mean, I wish I could do the American accent for you. Out of shepherding. So he read, he said, out of shepherding. Then he asked me that, what, what, what is it about? Before I could answer, the next voice I heard was, People? <laughs> He kept repeating, people? Is it about people? (laughs) And I said, yes. He said, people? Then he said, no. Give me any other job. Not a job about people. And now now he was almost shouting on, on on the flight, people? He's, he started giving me a good lecture on people, how people behave. I mean, he didn't know that there's a book we have already that people are forgetful, people are ungrateful, people are this. I mean, we have a book on it, but he has not read the book, but he, told, he gave me all the points. He gave me all the points and all the reasons why I should be a shepherd, even though he thought he was discouraging me. People! No, 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 no. He said, no, 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 no. He said, no, 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 no. He said, he said, no, 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 you've chosen the wrong job. He said, you cannot manage people. You cannot lead people. People will not do this. People will not do that. People will not. I said, I, I said, that's why it's a calling. That's why it's a calling. And that's why it's a skill that you have to learn. You have to learn how to lead people and how to manage people. When we were landing in Accra, because Lufthansa is used to land in Accra around 2.15 p.m., bright, hot afternoon. So when we started our descent, and we're about to land, then he called me. He was at the window. I was in the aisle. He said, he said come, come have a look at something. He said, look outside. So I looked outside. He said, what do you see? I said, buildings. He said, no, 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 look again. Look again. Hey, this one was troublesome. He said, look again. So I look again. He said, what do you see? I said, he said, he said, then he said to, to me, pointing to his chest, he said, I see gold. I see money. So I said, why? He said, look, look at all the roads. They are not me. He said, all the roads are, are red, sand. Sand. He said, that's contracts, money. I see. He said, I see gold. I see gold. <laughs> I tell you. He said, I see gold. He said, can you see that there are no roads? There are no, he said, there are no roads. Because that's where like, you can see clearly. Everywhere, red sand. Red sand. No road. Red sand. The only third place is the airport runway. And there may be some short road outside. But you see red sand. Red sand. Some of the, some of the red sand. You see the red sand around mansions. Beautiful buildings, mansions, all, all surrounded by red sand and the dust has changed the color of the building. Yes. 
That's has changed the color of the building. Arm robbers have taken the beauty of the architecture away because you have to put you have to put prison bars. Yes. Yes. And then because of arm robbers, you have to build high walls so you can't even see the building. High walls, you can't see the building. And then when you see the building, you see these prison bars in front of every beautiful house and mansion. Yes. Red sand. So now he started telling me that the job you have is not a good. This is what you should follow. Because he said gold. He said gold. He said you are Ghanaian. I said yes, yes, this is gold. Money. Follow this one. Follow this one. Follow this one. Yes. Don't follow people. So don't follow people. But to be a great shepherd, you develop the skill of managing people. You will know that people are forgetful. You will know that people are ungrateful. You know that people are stubborn. You know that people are disloyal. You know all these things, but you develop the skill to manage people. To manage with the skill. And part of the skill is teaching. Teaching, teaching, teaching. The pastor must teach. The pastor must train. The pastor must teach. You see, you lead, you lead people by teaching. You train people by teaching. You raise people up by teaching. I remember I was talking to a pastor once and I was telling him some of this and I said that you have to train your people you have to teach them this teach them that, have this type of meeting he looked at me quietly looked at me quietly somewhere in, in Europe, he looked at me quietly then he said he said, you know what it's easy for you to say what you are saying so I said oh why? he said because because you have all the resources to teach all this. You have all the books. Me, I don't have anything. The only thing I have is my Sunday sermon. I don't have anything. As you are telling me, go and train the people here. Go and say, you have the resources. And I said, oh, it is true. God bless Bishop Doug. Yes. 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 So I said to him, I said to him, then I'll help you. I'll translate all the resources into your language while you use it. And he said, he said, God bless me. He will like it. So I had to translate everything and take to his church. Everything. You, we went for one meeting, one meeting 200 Macarius. Everything was, was swallowed. Yes. Everything. Because now he needs it to train the people. He needs it to train the people. But he made that point very clear. He said, it's easy for you to say what you're saying. I didn't know where he was going with it. He said, because you have the resources. You have the things to use. He said, if I call the people and I say, okay, these are my leaders. Let me tell you, where do I even start from? Where do I? He said, the only thing I have, he said it. I didn't say it. He said, the only thing I have is Sunday morning sermons. I preach on Sundays and I take offerings. That's all. I don't have a book. I don't have, I don't have anything on leadership, anything on anointing, anything on shepherding, anything on uh, prayer. He said, there's nothing like that. I don't have anything. You have it. That's why you can have such meetings. So I said, I said, I said that's why I'm around you. I'll help you. I'll help you. You also have the resources. You don't, you don't have to write books before you can train. You don't have to write books. People who went to medical school didn't write medical books. Yes. Somebody has written and they read it. Yes. Yes. You don't have to read it. You don't have to write it before you can, you can use it. You can use what has been written. If somebody has written it, you just take what someone has written. 
Once you believe and you like what has been written, what is written is right. You just take it and you use it to train your people. Yes. You don't even have to mention the name of the author. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You see, one day in my, in my final year, in my final year, myself and a friend, we discovered the textbook that the lecturer was using. Yes. We discovered it in there, in the library. And we said, hey, this man, I mean, word for word, including assignments, questions, everything was there. So, you know the library, when you take a book, let's say you have three weeks to return. So it means that when I have it, the three weeks is up, then I have to go with my friend. So as I drop it and I return it, then he borrows it. And then when he is returning it, then I'm also behind him. Then I take it. We did that to the end of the semester. Oh, yes. His questions, everything. I'm telling you, I say questions. Not just coursework like exams and assignments, but even exams. I mean, everything. We didn't say a word. When we finish his exam and everything, we're naughty boys, though. Naughty boys. I don't know why we're like that. Then we went to, went to visit him. We went to, we went to with the textbook. Then we asked him. We said, Sir, wh- wh- what do you think about this book? Look, his eyes almost fell out of his head. His eyes almost fell out of his head. We actually went to ask him, what do you think about this book? I mean, is it, is it like a good book? We finished. We finished the exam, everything. We don't need it because we have to do that before. You have to finish the exams before you go and ask him such a question. Uh, you, you will regret. We asked him, what, what, what? His eyes almost fell out. He said to us, where did you find it? Where did you get this book from? We said, oh, it's, it's the, the library. It's not, it's not ours. We saw it in the library and we just thought that we'll ask you that what do you think? Is there a book that you recommend or not? <laughs> he changed the topic. He never answered that question. He changed the topic and started talking about something else. Yes. But I saw his eyes, that his eyes were coming out of the socket. It's like these people, these guys. So you need the skill and you develop the skill. By the reading and the studying of the subject of shepherding and pastoring, you become skillful. Skillful. The, the studying and the experience. When you learn, you apply. When you learn, you try it. You try the things. You try the things you can see. You try it. You keep trying it. You keep trying it until you become a skillful pastor. You need the skill. You need the skill. You need the experience. You need to be an experienced person. Yes. I don't think anyone here would, would want someone to have um, surgery, surgery on your heart. When the person says that, you know, I'm a footballer. This is my first time that I'm coming to. Yes. 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 But for, but for every doctor, there's always the first day that he's come to do a real surgery. There's a first day. Imagine the doctor announces that today is my first day. He has studied, he's tried things on dummies, he's assisted, he's done this, but there's a day, there's always a day that this is his first time, that he's the one in charge. And the nurses are all supporting him and watching him. There's a day. 
But imagine the person tells you that day that look, today's my I'm going to try my best. Today's my I don't know whether you will come out alive, but I'm going to try. <laughs> An even more scary one is a pilot. Yes. Because yes. there's a day in the pilot's life that today is his first time with human beings that he's going to take you up keep you up there and bring you down safely there's a day where imagine imagine when you you board the flight and he he says um good afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard this flight this 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 but uh before i go off i want to tell you one thing that today is my first time so everybody pray i'll need i'll need your prayers <laughs> Everybody will say there's an emergency. Open the door. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you also need the experience, the study, and the experience to become a skillful pastor. Not an absentee pastor, a skillful pastor. You, you can never supervise well unless you've done that job before. Yes. So that's why you see a lazy, if you're a lazy shepherd, a lazy pastor, you don't do a, a, a job well. Because what the people are doing, you've never done it before. You've never done it before. Yes. What they're doing, you've never done it before. You don't even know what it's about. You've never, you've not officiated a wedding before. You've not officiated a funeral before. You've not visited somebody who is not well before. You've not counseled someone who is going through a divorce before. You've not, I mean, it's like so many different cases. You always, you are, you are dodging. Always dodging. Yes. It's true prayer is powerful. Let's pray. Let's do this. But there are times that you have to sit and talk. Yes. Because the person wants to talk. So let's talk now. Let's talk and take them through and have verses. Have verses. Have verses. Hmm. Because there, there are cases, I'm telling you, there are cases. There are issues. There are issues. If I had not become a pastor, I didn't know there, there were problems in this world. Yes. There are, there are issues. I mean, complex. Complex. Complex, complex issues. That when when you see it, you you wish your first wish is that you wish you've not heard about it. Yes, that's your actually that's your actual wish. You wish you didn't know. Yes, you wish you didn't know. Sometimes when people are telling me this, I say to myself, I wish I wish you are not telling me this. I wish you kept it to yourself. <laughs> but you are the pastor; they have to tell you. They have to tell you so you can help them. And solve it. But I tell you, there are cases I wish I didn't know about. I wish I wish I was never told about it. Yes. That's the selfish because when you don't know about you feel freer in life. Yes. Yes. The more issues you hear about, the more eyes you develop. As you're working out, you have about 70 eyes. Everything means something. It's like, hey, this is I say, what what does it mean? What's going on here? What's going on here? What's happening? Who is this? This person has to say, like this person that is talking plenty, you've seen, you've seen a type before. You've seen somebody like that before. Yes. Yeah. 
But it's when you are not experienced and you are not skillful. You don't handle issues well. And you only have, you only think, you only think there's only one cause for a, a problem. That's why you, that's why you will say things like there's smoke, there's no smoke without fire. If you ask me, I'll tell you there's smoke without fire. Yes. There's smoke without fire. When you're done explaining, you say there's no smoke. You'll be talking with zeal, with uh, uh, youthful zeal. Yeah. Oh, there, but there's no smoke without fire. Yeah. There's no smoke without fire. Yeah. There's smoke without fire. There's, or there are some things that appear like smoke, but it's fog. Yes. Yes. It's for you. See, you look for the fire, you never find the fire. It's fog. It's not smoke. It's fog. You will say it's smoky. You will describe that smoke. But it's not smoke. It's fog. Mm. The experience will teach you about some things. The experience teach you to become a skillful shepherd. Become skillful and a professional in the work of pastoring. Yes. The next sign of a great shepherd is that you are a great shepherd when you have pastored successfully for many years. Mm. When you have pastored successfully. So when you when you see older pastors, respect them, okay? Young people, okay? Yes. When you see older pastors, respect them. Don't say they don't have zeal. At least they've been there. Pray that when you get to their age, you also still be a pastor. Yes. Yes. So when you've pastored successfully for many years, you become a great shepherd. You, you, even, you, even, see, you even see the advice you give. The advice you give and the things you say. It's always, it's always wonderful, amazing, and exciting. To hear an older pastor ministering. Yes. And do you know what they normally talk about? Love. Mm. When they cross a certain age, they always talk about love. And not love as you know it. You You will see a message on love from an experienced person. Yes. You said this person has been through. Has been through and has survived. Yes. There's an archbishop asked uh, Bishop that question What have you been through? What have you survived? Up till today, it has stayed with us as a church. He asked him, What have you been through? What have you been through? And then, What have you survived? Those are the credentials. It's not about a mega church. And how many people are in the church and how many this but it is about ministries about what what you have been through and what you have survived because as you are going through the things and as you are losing your limbs but you can go through and come out whole yes because what have you been through what have you survived yes what have you been through what have you survived? Yes. Yes. So you see, when you are asked that question, you haven't been through anything. You just become cool. You just become cool, and that's that's when you discover that those that you are witnessing them going through things are not going through things because they are evil. Yes. 
Jesus said it. He said to the people as they were asking, which of the parents have sinned that this child is suffering like that? Jesus had to explain that, you know, everything is not about someone's mistake. Everything is not because somebody has made a mistake or somebody has sinned. Everything. You, you, must, you must be inexperienced, immature child to every time when you see a problem, you say, hmm, hmm, hmm. I know it. I know it. I know it. Yes. Mm. Like when you see a marital problem. People, when they see a marital problem between husband and wife, they say, hmm, the husband has gone to sleep with somebody. All the time, without fear. Say, hey, it's a husband. The husband has gone to do something somewhere. Do something. But I don't know many things. I'm not, I'm not that old. But my little small world that I've seen, my little small world, my world is not that big, small world that I've seen. I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know anybody who has left their spouse because of adultery. All of them are sitting there coolly. Oh, coolly. And the people who have left, to my amazement, left not because of adultery. I'm quiet so that you can think about what I just said. <laughs> adulteress and adulteresses. Oh. They are even wearing matching clothes. Mm. They sit there coolly. And then those who have fled up, I can't anymore. I they have seen a greater evil. A greater evil. A greater evil. Something deeper. That can't even imagine. They are the ones. When you are not experienced, you say, hmm. And usually the man is to be blamed. Say, hmm, it's a man. You know, we know him. Because you know men. It's a man's thing. Yes. Relax, relax. Yes. Yes. It's a man. You know, the man has gone to do his thing. Upstairs, are you there? Okay. Okay. I just thought I'll check on you. Yes. Yes. So when you've passed successfully for many years, you become a great shepherd. And then the third goal and the third aim of a pastor or a shepherd is every shepherd must desire to become a chief shepherd. A chief shepherd. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. All these are titles that Jesus carries. Good shepherd, great shepherd, chief shepherd. To every shepherd, every pastor must aim to be like Jesus. Good shepherd, great shepherd, chief shepherd. 
who is a chief shepherd? You become a chief shepherd when you have other under shepherds. Being a chief shepherd is the same as being an overseer of other pastors. May your ministry be blessed to have other pastors working under you. To oversee them. Yes. To oversee. That's a chief shepherd. When you are chief, when you are the chief, it means that they are under, under, under chiefs. Or they are subjects. Yes. yes. Sub-chiefs. Sub-chiefs. So you are the chief. You are the one in charge. You are the overseer. Let's move on. The next topic on shepherding that I want to talk about is shepherding assignments. The assignments of shepherds. Yes. I'm sharing from art of shepherding. Art of shepherding. And then there's another book that time permits what it means to become a shepherd. Okay. So art of shepherding. It's all in the Macarius. All in the Macarius. Every shepherd in your church must have a Macarius and must read Art of Shepherding and must read what it means to become a shepherd. Yes. So, shepherding assignments. The first assignment of a shepherd is to be gentle and tender. Yes. To be gentle and tender. Genesis chapter 33, verse 13. Are you still here? Are you with me? Today is quite cool on the stage. So, you can see that I'm quite relaxed here. I'm not complaining. (laughs) Yes, the stage is quite cool. Someone has done a good job. May God bless them. Yes. So, it says that, And he said unto him, my Lord knoweth that the children are tender and the flocks and the herds with young are with me. And if men should override them one day, all the flock will die. All the flock will die. So reasons why you should be um, tender and gentle, or gentle and tender, is that it's because children are tender. Children, children in the faith. Children in the faith are tender. They don't understand everything. They don't know everything. They are weaker. Yes. The next reason is because there are young ones among the flocks and the heads. They are young people. Young in the faith. And the next reason to be young, why you should be gentle and tender, is because your flocks will die if you overdrive them. Yes. If you overdrive them, they will die. If they are stretched beyond their limits and their abilities, they will die. They will will run away from the church.
That's why church growth is a blessing. Because the, the, when the church grows, you are able to have the workers or the military. And then you will have the civilians. Yes. But when the church is not growing, that's where, that's where the, the temperature in the church is very high. Because there's pressure for everybody to join the military. Yes. There's pressure. There's pressure. If you stretch people, they will die. So you have to be gentle and tender. The next reason to be gentle and tender because the flocks, the flocks must be led softly. Softly. Verse 14. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant. And I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me, and the children are able to endure, until I come unto my Lord unto say. Softly, it means that you go gently at the pace at which the cattle or the sheep or the people you are leading can go. It's not every, it's not every day that you do things very wild. So that you go at the pace at which the people can go. Yes. It's not every day that you're going at 70 miles per hour when everybody, where the, the sheep can go at 30 miles per hour. Then you're not leader. You lose them. 70 miles, 30 miles. By the time you look back, they've all disappeared. Because the gap between you and them is too much. So you have to slow down. You have to come to their level. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Not feed my giraffes. Feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. Not feed giraffes. Anytime I, I, I read this passage, I remember, I remember an exam that I took in year six. And the, the, the question was, the question was, a house is on fire. And the last person to leave, to leave the house was running at, let's say, 10 10 miles per hour. So, how fast was the fire? (laughs) The options, all the options are, the fire was burning greater than 10 miles per hour. 10 miles per hour, or at least, less than means at least. Oh no, less than, yes. No, at most means at, it's less than. Greater than, greater than is the minimum. Less than is the max, isn't it? Yes. No, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. At least means greater than. Greater than or equal to, that's at least. Yes. Oh, you, you're not sure? Okay. No, it's English, it's English, not maths. It's Eng- no, think English. No, think English. 
when you say something, when you say something is at least, it means that it's more than that or more. Yes, that or more. So that's greater than or equal to. So that or more, at least. Yes. So 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 that, those were the options. At least, at most, or the same. So if the last person is 10 miles per hour and survived, it means that, it means that the rate of the fire cannot be, cannot be at 10 miles per hour. Otherwise, the person would have been bent. Yes. So it is less than 10 miles per hour. Yes. So when you are leading, the point I'm making, when you are leading people, when you are leading people, you lead, you have to take into consideration their speed. There's no need to show off. There's no need to say, I'm very anointed, I'm very powerful. You have to move at their level. So one of your assignments is to be gentle. You have to be gentle and tender with people. Gentle and tender. That's what sometimes it comes with placements. Because sometimes you put somebody in a position, the person can't move at the pace they have to move. So you have to change. Lest the person becomes frustrated. Lest the person becomes frustrated. I'm always thinking about pastors who are handling church because sometimes I can see that the person is out of his depth. Out of his depth. He can't do it. He can't do it because you can, if you're a little expert, you will know, you will know who, can, who can and who can't. Because this person can't. He's out of his depth. So the person has to be changed. But sometimes you see the pastor doesn't like it. Because he feels he's been demoted or it's a problem. But genuinely, genuinely, Look, if there's a problem, you will know there's a problem before I'll change you. And that's why I even expect that you'll be humble enough and just move because you know there's a problem. If there's no problem and you are being moved, then it means that you are being moved to help you to look better, to look better. I mean, because you're a whole pastor. You must look nice, but the, the positioning is very key. You position yourself, the person is struggling. The person can't do, he can't do the task. He can't. Some people are cut out, they should just, they should just be assistant. Yes. I have a list of, I have a list of people. Sister Philippa, I have a list of people. I said this, but they, they should, they should never head a church unless an angel appears. Mm. Or we suddenly see the power of God has moved. I said, I have a list. This should never, they should never, they should never be head pastors. Why? Because they can't do it. It's not their place. It's not their role. It's not their thing to do. If I put them there, it's like, it's like you're even embarrassing them. Even though they don't feel embarrassed. That's, that's a strange thing. It's like what you are doing, you should be, you should be a bit ashamed. But you are not ashamed. Sometimes you wonder, why are you not ashamed? Why won't you run away from it and let the person who can do Because God, God has a lot of children. God has a lot of children. He always has different types. There are people who can do. I mean, they can do. By the grace. You put them there, they will do. And there are people that you can say, the person can't. But still, he's saying that I can. Because he wants to attend pastors' meetings. He wants, he wants to be a rev. We call rev. We are meeting all the reference. Rev has come. Rev. 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 Rev no fruits. Why? Yes. Yes. 
I'm a branch pastor. I'm a, I'm a very, very happy branch pastor. I'm very, very, very content. When I see founders, I salute them. I say, hey, it's a calling. No, it is a calling, it's a rank. Yes. I'm a branch. Can you see how coolly I'm walking here? It's just the heat that is making me sweat. Otherwise, what I'm doing, there's no sweat in it. Yes. I'm a branch, but you are looking at a branch pastor. Branch. Branch. Yes. Branch pastor. Walking coolly. Me, I should go and start a church. You are joking. I'm a branch pastor. I'm giving instructions. I say, yes, please. Say thank you, please. When I when I see the founders and the president, I have I have such I have sincere respect for them. Sometimes they, I'm sure sometimes they don't even know why. But I can tell that a rank is I'm looking at a I'm looking at a general, I'm like a lance corporal. Yes. Because it's by ranking. It's an anointing. Yes, it's an anointing strategy. But people don't like it. I don't know why people don't like it. Everybody, everybody you, you want, Jesus has died for us. You two say you want to go and die for yourself. <laughs> yes. Jesus has died for us. He has come to die for us on, at Calvary. And then you've, you've organized a cross. You say you are going to die. You two are going to die. It's that by all means you must die. I mean, if Jesus can do it, you two, you can do it. Great, greater works, I beg you. This is all part of the works. <laughs> yes. So I hope we understand this as, uh, assignment. Gentle and tender. Gentle and tender. A shepherd must be, it's your assignment to be gentle and tender with the people. Gentle and tender. It shows, it shows understanding that you understand the people. Because people, people go through different things. Through different things. If you are gentle and tender with them, you will understand their misbehavior. Yes. There are people that you would even think they are mental, but they are not mental. No, 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 no. no. You can ask the consultants and the specialists. They will tell, they will tell no, 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 this person is not mad. Don't breathe, because they know mad, madness. They tell, no, this is not one of the mad people. The person has a problem. Yes, a problem. Yes. And so, sometimes, sometimes unconfessed issues makes people act abnormally. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but just my observation in life, I can see that sometimes they, there's something the person needs to talk about and get off their chest so they can be free. But they haven't said it. So their behavior is abnormal because when they see you, they feel you know. But you don't know. And they feel like, can you see? But you can't see. And they keep battling with things in themselves. So they start acting and behaving in an abnormal way. You have to be gentle and tender. One day, one day, you will get a hint of the problem. Then you say, ah... This explains it. This explains this behavior. This explains it. This explains it. Gentle and tender. Gentle and tender with people. If you drive them away, you will lose them. You lose them. And if you are not careful, they will even backslide. It's not as though they will even go to another church. They might backslide. 
Wow. Are you enjoying shepherding? Okay. How many points do you have on gentle, gentle and tender? Four. The last one was softly, isn't it? Number five is, shepherds must be gentle and tender because the flock can only be led as much as, as, much as the children can endure. Yes. I will lead on softly according as the cattle that goeth before me and the children be able to endure. So you see, it means that be sensitive to the weaker ones in the flock. Yes. And those who have a name to be strong, but they are weak. How do you know that they have a name to be strong, but they are weak? By their fruits. By their fruits. You say, this, this one is not fruitful. So it, it means that you see, fruitlessness is evidence of a disease. Yes. Yes. Yes, that there's something is not working well. Something is not working well. The person is not well. Something is not working well. Barrenness has causes. Barrenness has causes. Diseases and sicknesses have causes. That goes when you when you see it, you know that it's either this or this or this or this. It could be it could be one of many things. Yes. As a pastor, shepherds have to be master, you have to be masters of signs and symptoms. Yes. You have to learn the signs and the symptoms of different problems. When you see it, never doubt it. You have to know this is it. This what you are looking at is what it is. It's this problem. Yeah. The next shepherding assignment. So the first one is to be gentle and tender. Mr. Shepherd, be gentle and tender. The next one is, the next shepherding assignment is to guide and to lead. To guide and lead. So you see that now it's almost, it's almost sounding stronger. You have to guide and lead. You have to guide people and take them where you think they must get to and they must go to. So you guide the church in the direction the church has to go to. And you lead. You lead on what songs should be sung in the church. What messages should be preached in the church. Someone said, why, why do we preach, why do we preach uh, um, bishop's messages? And even added the second hand revelation. Second-hand revelation. Second-hand revelation. Oh. Then we should stop reading the Bible. Why should we read uh, Isaiah's words? And Matthew's. That is second-hand revelation. Why should we read the revelation of John? That is second-hand revelation. Everything is second-hand revelation. Yes. Yes. The person put it on social media. Secondhand revelation. Put it there on social media. Yes. 
to confuse people. Evil men and women. Evil men and women. I'm telling you. They don't, they, maybe they don't even know that they are evil. Yes. When they, they are scared, the things that the things that I have taught you or committed to you, the same. The same. Commit to faithful men. So they will teach they will also teach the same things to others. Hmm. Yes. The things that you have heard from me. The same things. He says secondhand revelation. No problem. No problem. When I see your children, I'll tell your children, or I don't even have to say it. May somebody teach your children to disobey you because if they do what mommy is saying, it's secondhand instruction. They should hear directly from God. When you have your children, your children, may all your children, one after the other, disobey you. Yes. As you are teaching someone's children to disobey them. Hmm? You know, one day this, this kind of um, freelance people who pray for people's mothers. Yes. Went to went to um, the home, went to the home of One of the members. That's why you see anytime we are going to go, I say, I say that buy one for your mother's pastor. The one that visits your mother and prays for your mother. Your mother doesn't attend the church, but uh, he comes to the house to pray and then he's giving rice and um, peanut soup after the prayers. So he said, when he came, then he met, our member was in the house. They were like, which church, which church do you go to? So I go to, you know, so so and so, which is our church. They said, I'll give that this um, freelance easygoing pastor says to this member, you know, your church, it seems they tell you do this, don't do this, don't listen to people, don't listen to anything that any man would tell you, don't listen to anything that any man would tell you. Only do what God says. So when, when this person tells me this thing, I said, oh, it's very, very, very good advice. Very, very good advice that he's given. Is he not a man? But don't do anything he's saying. Don't do anything he's saying. He said, because he's a man. I said, next time he comes to the house to anoint the house with water and oil, and he asks you that, what do you think about that? Tell, tell him that, the advice he gave is very good. That he should not listen to man, so you will not listen to him. I said, tell him. Yes. Tell him. Oh, yes. The advice is a, is a very good advice. Apply it on him first. If you have the spirit of God, how do you go by confusing people's church members? Why, why would you do that? What spirit do you have? And you want members. You want members as you are spoiling someone's church. You want members. How do you make yourself better than somebody? That this one is a bad pastor. You are a good pastor. So they should live here and come to you. On what basis? On what basis? Is it the rice and soup that his mother has been giving you that, is, that has gone into your head? 
and the chicken. <laughs> Forgive. <laughs> yes. Peanut soup and rice. And, and cow food. <laughs> when you finish eating, he is prophesying. He need guidance and leadership as a shepherd. One, a shepherd must lead his sheep by still waters. Yes, lead the sheep by still waters. Sheep don't drink and therefore won't survive and grow if you only lead them by rough waters and disturbed waters, still waters, peaceful waters. That's why sometimes some messages are not good for Sunday morning. Some messages are not good for some Sunday morning. Some issues, some issues are not addressed on a Sunday morning. You leave them by still waters. Sunday morning is a worship service, as though there's no problem. When you enter into your shepherd's meeting and your leader's meeting, aha, uh-huh, then you can unbutton your shirt one level down. Yes. 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 The whole church shouldn't come and see you shouting at keyboardists, shouting at um, sound, sound and technicians on Sunday morning as you are preaching. Uh, you uh, instrumentalist, choir, you didn't sing well. Singer, you didn't do this. No, you are you listening? You disturb the atmosphere. You change the temperature of the church. You change the temperature of the church. If you have issues to address, somebody has gone to fornicate with somebody. Look, the whole church has not fornicated. The whole church has not fornicated. If you want to solve fornication, wait after church. Call the fornicators and say, You people, naughty boy, naughty girl, don't do it again, okay? So lead them by still waters. That is quiet waters. Quiet waters. When they are coming to church, let them know that Sunday morning is going to be a refreshing time. A refreshing time. We'll be blessed. Not all the problems of the church has been brought into Sunday service. Hmm. Number two. A shepherd must lead his sheep to green pastures. Are you showing us our verse in Psalm 23? To green pastures. Where there is food. Where there is food. Yes. Where there is food, where there is comfort. Where there's opportunity to relax and to flourish and to do well. Green pastures, the food. The message of the pastor has to be rich. Rich. I think this book will teach you how to feed the flock. Yes, how to feed. I think this book will talk to you about feeding. Is it this book? Will it talk to you? Yes, it will talk to you about feeding. Yes. Feeding. 
Try not to say fast food. Yes. And when you are, when you are giving the food or preparing the food, have the flock on your mind. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Food. That is why you see, there's nothing that compares to homemade food. Pray that, pray that your wife will cook all, all, all the time. Pray. I mean, if she, can't, if she can't cook, that's your portion though. But I'm just saying that. Because Deliveroo will help you. But I'm saying that pray. Pray. That you have a wife who can cook. And then not just can cook, but actually cooks. Because there's people who can cook, but they don't cook. Uh-huh. Relax, relax. Don't use me to solve your problems, okay? I'm preaching. <laughs> yes. I think somebody wants to use me to solve the problem in his house. <laughs> yes. if, okay, sit down so I can preach. Sit, sit. If she can't cook and you can cook too, then cook. <laughs> yes. Yes. How many lives do you have? It's one life. How long can you fast for and starve for and be angry over food that is not nice? How long? Cook and cook the way you want it. Yes. You have one life. There's one life. You're going to spend the rest of your life battling over food that is not nice. Or food that doesn't exist. Then you don't value happiness. So anyway, I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Green pastures. Okay, green pastures. Those of you who are using me to solve your problems. <laughs> All I'm saying is that the pastor must prepare with the congregation. With the congregation on his mind. You see, one day I traveled. And I came back home. I came back home. There was nobody in the house. People have gone to work. That is, my wife has gone to work. The children have gone to school. So people have gone to work. And uh, I mean, coming home when your wife is at home is different from coming home when your wife is not there. Yes. I don't know that you know the difference. Yes. Yes. So pray. Pray that when you go out and you come back, your wife will be there. To welcome you. But anyway, you listen to my story. Listen to my story. If you like to use me, I don't, look, I came for Catch the Anointing Conference. I didn't come to solve marital disputes. No. No. <laughs> so, when I came back, there was nobody there. Then I saw this food. On the cooker. 
it felt warm and fresh. So I did everything I had to do. And I sat down. And I served myself the first portion. And I ate the food. And I said, this food is nice. So I went for seconds. And I finished eating the seconds. And I said, this food is very nice. So I said, I can do a third. So I did a third round. By this time, I'm not listening to my stomach, whether it's full or not. I'm just listening to my tongue. That the food is nice. So I went for the fourth. By the time I took the fourth, I noticed that I have turned the saucepan upside down onto the plate. It means I have eaten everything. I noticed it then. I didn't say anything. When I finished eating, then I said to myself, Hey, what if she also wants to eat some when she comes back? So I said, let me call her and confess before she comes and meets disappointment. So I called. I said, oh yes, I'm home. Yes, you know, usually you have to, you stay away from the main issue first. You just talk generally, like where you've come and things. Yeah. <laughs> That's wisdom. Yes. Bishop Achimu said, That's wisdom. So I maneuvered through wisdom. I said, Yeah, so talked a bit, talk about, you know, wherever you've been, the flight, how the flight was smooth. You landed, you've come home. Yes, you've had your shower. Yes, you've washed your hands. Yes, you've sat down to eat. You've done all the, tick all the boxes. And I said, You know about the food? He said, Yeah, what, 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 what about the food? I said, It is finished. <laughs> It, it is finished And I could tell Even though I couldn't see her face I could tell that She's wondering that Why am I saying it is finished So I had to climb I said I've eaten all It was Then I, then I had to add that It was very very nice So I've eaten all Then listen to what she said Listen Are you listening She said to me That I cooked it With you on my mind yes 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 yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's a woman's thing it's a woman's thing <laughs> yes yes it's a woman's thing yes I cooked it with you on my mind so even though for me it's a confession To her she's achieved her aim Yes Yeah I was not thinking about myself I was not thinking about the children I was not thinking about anybody I cooked it with you On my mind Yes Next time Next time you are preparing a sermon Prepare a sermon With the congregation On your mind Yes. 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 Those soaking that sermon, those soak it in. Yes. Those soak in that sermon. Yes. 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 So, you see, that's the point I was coming to, and I said, you must enjoy when there's food in your house because restaurant food 
if you have good food at home, restaurant food never matches from food at home. Yes. Because it's, co- it's cooked with customers. Customers. Yes. The masses. A formula that suits everybody. Yes. But when it's you, tailor made, tailor made, tailor made, tailor made dishes for you, just as you like it. The amount of salt is for you. Yes. The pepper is for you. Everything is measured to suit your taste. Yes. The spices. Everything is for you. Prepare your sermons with your congregation on your mind. Yes. Pay yourself. Think about them. Think about the individuals. Think about the people. Think about them. Think, oh, there's this person in this congregation. There's this person in the service. There's this person at this. Well, this is this. So that everybody lives blessed. Yes. 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 Green pastures. Take them to green pastures. Where the pasture is green. The food in the church has to be green. It has to be fresh. It has to be fresh. It has to be real. It's something that when they eat, they must grow. That's why I ask, where are the pastors? Because the people are not growing. Because the Bible says when you ought to be teachers, you still have this. So it means that it's expected that the sheep become teachers. Teachership. They should become shepherds. If they are being fed well and being fed properly, they must grow. Yes. Unless they are eating brown, brown pastures. Brown and dead pastures. Salada has lost its life. The leaves have gone flat. Mm. So green pastures, you lead them to green pastures. The next place you lead them to is a shepherd must guide his sheep through wilderness situations. Hmm. Psalm 78 verse 52 But made his own people to go forth like sheep And guided them in the wilderness like a flock And he led them on safely so that they feared not But the sea overwhelmed their enemies And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary Even to this mountain Which his right hand had purchased He guided them through Wilderness situations Wilderness Wilderness I think usually typifies Difficult times and difficult seasons Yes When, not, when nothing When what you expected is what is not what you are getting When it's not yet time for harvest When there isn't anything To write home about But you have to be able to guide people Through wilderness Difficult situations you know, when, when, if ever you are transferred, 
That is, if like you're in a church that transfers pastors, you transfer to take over a church, then maybe the church that the, maybe the church is in some type of crisis or difficulty, and you are able to steer the ship to safety and stabilize it. It means you have, you, have, you, have, you have the grace you have the grace to accomplish the shepherding assignment. Yes, if you're able to stabilize it, you don't lose the people. That there's a problem, there's an issue, there's this. You don't lose the people. The people are there, and the people are stable and are happy because you'll be able to steer them through rough waters into calm waters, and things are floating and things are working well. That's a sign of a good shepherd and a good pastor. The one that enters into a place and divides the sheep. And divides the flock and takes sides. Are you there? So, when you can guide the flock through wilderness situations, wilderness, dry times, dry seasons, difficult seasons, nothing is happening, no progress, no change, nothing is there. We are, it's like we are all just there. We don't know what will happen next. If you can guide them through. Such seasons and such times, you are fulfilling your assignment of guiding and leading through wilderness. So don't run away, Mr. Shepherd. Don't run away when difficult times come. Why are you running? Yes. Don't run away. Don't disappear. Don't abandon ship. Because there's some sort of crisis or some type of difficulty. Number four, to guide, what it means to guide and to lead is a shepherd must lead his people like a flock. The art of shepherding is the art of leading people in spite of opposition from independent sheep, opinion leaders, and rebellious people. It is also the art of leading people who are so many that you cannot talk to each one personally. Leading people like a flock, it means that every, there are different opinions around you. But you are still able to lead. Everybody has their opinion. Everybody is saying that, no, we shouldn't do this. No, we shouldn't do that. No, why didn't we do it like this? Or no, why, why didn't we do it that way? Or why, why didn't we do this? Oh, but it would have been better if we had done it this. It would have been better if we had done it on that day. But if you're able to lead, that is leading them like a flock. It means that you understand that you have all these diverse opinions, but you are still flowing along. So let's move along. Let's move along. Let's move along. So when you are leading people, you know that, you know that there are people in there who don't believe you. Sometimes even in your leadership. Not even they don't believe you. But maybe they don't believe in maybe one particular thing that you believe in. But you don't lose them because of that. You say, oh no, I know. I know that you, you don't flow on this subject. But no problem. Let's move. We are still moving. We are still moving. Because everybody will not believe you. Everybody will not like you. Everybody will not think you're, you're, you're a wise man. There will be people who will be set up and determined. Even, they will even make it like their life's calling. To prove that, that your wisdom key is not real. Oh yes. But they are still around. They don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. Because they are good people. Except maybe in that matter. Except in that matter. So you have to learn how to lead 
like a flock. So you don't, you don't always turn around and, and pick a quarrel with one person over one issue. Wisdom is justified by her children. The person doesn't believe in this one aspect. With time, we will know. With time, we will know who is wise and who is not so wise. Lead like a flock. Like a flock means different types of people with different opinions. Diverse opinions. But you are leading them. Or you are leading them. Everybody will not vote for you. In your church, if you like try and stand for voting, everybody will not vote. You will be surprised that even if there are 12 people, you may get 11 votes. That means that one person didn't vote for you. <laughs> everybody will not vote for you. That's why yesterday I was saying leadership of a child. Leadership of a child is when you are presumptuous. When you think that everybody thinks you are a man of God. Everybody thinks, everybody thinks that there must be celebrations and there must be honor. We must honor you. They, in the, look, there are people who they don't think they should. They don't think anything about you. Yes. I've had my birthday uh, many years ago. Some people said that they want to bless me. Somebody took a brown envelope with his name on it. And put two P in it. Brown country. I mean, his name was on it. It's not as though he was even hiding. It's like this is me. This is this is what I'm giving to you on your happy birthday. Brown envelope, two P. With a letter. Two yeah. P. The brown coin. The one that the bus driver sucked me off the bus for. Yes. Maybe he was trying to pay me for the. Yes. 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 He's still in the church. He said me use this story as an example over and over and over through the years. But he's still in the church. He's in the church. He's still, he's still smiling. He's still, he's always, he's always, so I'm, I'm leading like a flock. Yes. Is there? Even, I'm sure even after this example, he will send me a text and say, Mercy Bishop. Mm. In a brown envelope. With his name on it. And a letter. Wishing me happy birthday. 2P. Able-bodied man. With a job. Mm. I mean, you don't have to if you didn't want to. I'm sure, I'm sure you will send me a text by this evening. If it does tomorrow, I'll come and tell you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, he said it. He said it. When I say that, he can say, hey, Bishop. Yes. Initially, I even thought that he didn't know it was him. I don't know why I thought he didn't know it was him. Because he wrote a letter. <laughs> yes. Yes. So to, to, to think that everybody will celebrate. You see how you are all saying, ooh, ah, wow. That is, that is the proof I'm giving you that. It means that I should stand here to be voted for. He will not vote for me. Yes. Yes. That's the point. Oh, how I can give 2P? I mean, it's like, I mean, I mean, Bishop Richard. I mean, 2P. I mean, no, that is what, that's his value of me. 
you know you know the company will buy any car when you you just give them your details and they'll give you the price of your car yes so when he put my details into his system the price i came up was 2p (laughs) we buy any car Yes, 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 yes. My value was to be. Why would I give myself, if I'm a good leader, for people to determine my value? Why should I? Why, Why would you do that to yourself? To be insulted over 20 pounds. To cause, to cause a staring, a staring, a staring in the flock and a staring in the church. You are supposed to guide and lead by still waters. So when you are experienced, you avoid controversial issues. You avoid controversial things. You guide the people by quiet waters. You know that this one, you, you must think about, think about it. This thing, if I go and suggest it in the church, what will be the reaction? Yes. If you're a good shepherd, you will think, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Why should I go and do this? Why should I go and do that? Yes. You see, at church, anything we do, you see, amongst ourselves, you see, we're asking ourselves, that this is, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Prophet will always ask. Prophet will always ask us. Prophet. Prophet with all his experience and all the things he will always ask us, what do you think about this? Yes. Including this afternoon. As well as I went down there, I got a call. What do you think about this? There's this and this and what do you think? He wants my opinion. Who am I even for my opinion to even be given? Yes. But he was oh he's always as it comes, it comes so naturally. So naturally. What do you think? This afternoon, I've been asked, what do you think? Yes, what do you, what do you think about this? Yes. You don't ask anybody. You don't have a friend to ask. You don't have anybody to ask anything about what they think. You don't discuss anything. Hence the confusion. If you had friends, you had friends or you even had a father that you have regard for and respect for, you even ask him. Even ask him. I was there, one of my pastors sent me a message. This person says to me that this year I'm turning 60. I'm thinking of having a celebration and a party. What do you think? Enough regard for me. It's like my opinion about, about having a 60th birthday. Said, what do you think? And I gave my answer. Somebody doesn't care. Somebody doesn't care. Whether it's out of stubbornness, independence, know it all, or whether you not even care that you know, I just feel like this. What do you think? So I can tell you, I can tell you from my from my small brain, my small brain, my peanut brain, I can tell you that oh no, it's not this is not good. Do it like this or do it like that. From that peanut brain that you have no regard for, but has been able to do something. I see people, they don't, they don't, they don't consult, they don't have, they have no friends, they have nobody they relate with. It's an independent spirit. Disturbing the waters, always stirring up waters. Why should the waters around you be stirred up? 
Anyway, let's move on. Guide and lead. We are guiding and leading. Are we guiding and leading? Guiding and leading. Good guidance. Good leadership. Good guidance. Good leadership. Yes. What was your last point? People like a flock. The diverse opinions. When you're not experienced, you don't lead people like a flock. You lead people like individuals. You think everybody thinks like you. Mm. Or you think everybody would think like that's your main person who only showers you with praises. Because you like praises and you swallow praises. And you believe everything that somebody tells you. You believe and you swallow everything. And you, you assume that that is how everybody thinks. Everybody doesn't think so. Everybody doesn't think so. Everybody doesn't think the pastor deserves even a belt. Even a belt. Let me not even say a car. Even a belt. Everybody does not think the pastor deserves even a belt. Yes. So when you're there are some things you don't do. It's not about whether you can do it or not. You don't do it because you are a shepherd, a pastor, God's flock. Your aim, your main aim is to lead these people safely. Yes. Not to collect belts. Yes. Yes. You have 20 people, tell everybody to bring you a belt. Even if only two people will bring the belt. You do not say everybody, everybody is coming. You announce, you announce, uh, I've seen it, people's weddings. The other day I was, I was telling someone, I was telling someone that you know, I, I don't know whether you understand people. That when your wedding is announced, everybody is clapping and shouting, Ooh, ah! they're, they're actually doing it, imagining themselves that when will our own come? So I asked someone, do you honestly think? This entire service, they're all going to stop everything they do on Saturday and come and sit there at your wedding. I said, then you are young. And I think you are young. That's why you will mention some numbers that are attending your wedding. You are so, you are so inexperienced. Osbo clapping, standing, shouting. You think everybody is going to come? Hmm. But I think people feel good. So it's, it's very difficult for them to imagine that it's not so. Things like weddings, they are very personal things. Very personal. It's your family and your friends. Not your followers. <laughs> your friends. They are the ones who will come. So count the number of people you have as friends. Are you counting your friends? Yes. So when you sit there, you see everyone say, okay, I'm, I'm renting a hall. I'm renting a hall. 7,000 pounds for 7,000 people to come and sit in there. Because when it was announced, it was announced to 7,000 people, everybody was clapping and screaming. The 
Then you haven't understood life. Yes, you haven't understood. Then you don't, you don't understand people. I should make you meet that uh, uh, American man I saw who said, People! <laughs> ah, forgive! So lead like a flock. Lead like a flock. Psalm 77 and verse number 20. Thou ledest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Led the people like a flock. It is possible you lead people like a flock. Yes. Yes. Your church will grow. Your church will grow. So you have to learn how to lead people like a flock. And not pay attention to everything, everything that's being said. Okay, next assignment. I've given you two assignments so far. Gentle and tender. Guide and lead. Now, to watch for the sheep is the third assignment. To watch for the sheep. Five ways a shepherd must watch for the sheep. Number one, shepherds must watch, must watch out for the soul, mind, and heart of the sheep. So, in other words, you look out for the development and maturity and well-being and prosperity of the sheep. You must be, you must be alert. You must notice. You must see. Is this person doing well? Is this person not doing well? I visited a church and I, I said to the I said to the pastor, this other this uh, this brother, this brother, his wife is not happy. Is there a problem? I said she even looks older than her age. Yes. Yes. And I don't know her before. It's not someone that I knew and I even know her age. It's the pastor who said to me, it's true. All is not well. There are issues. Then he said to me, before she married, she looked very young and fresh. After marriage, she's changed. I said, yes, I don't have the picture. I don't have the picture of what she was like before. But when I look at her sitting there, she looked like an elderly woman. She doesn't look like someone who is just married for a few whatever. Do so you watch out? Nehemiah's, Nehemiah's um, boss, the king, he looked at Nehemiah's face and said, your countenance has fallen by his face. So you have to watch out for the state of the people. You see it on their faces. You see it in their moods. You see it in their attitude. You say, this person is not well. Or you also can tell that this person is well. This person is happy. When you're preaching, you look at people's faces. So people say when you're preaching, don't look at their faces. Look on top of their heads. Look at their faces. Look at their faces. Jesus said to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. It means that you can see their faces. So people say when you're when you are singing, don't look at their faces. Look on top, look on top, or even close your eyes. When you close your eyes and you sing, you look like a blind woman singing. No emotion, no feeling. Bad singers close their eyes and sing. Yes. 
Yes. Hebrews 13, 17 Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves For they watch for your souls They watch for your souls They watch for your souls They watch to see What are you going through What is happening to you They watch for it They watch for it They look out for it Are you well? Are you okay? They watch for it Mm. Like I saw someone in her 20s Fresh wife She looks like an elderly woman I'm telling you She looks like an auntie I said no There's a problem No there's a problem There, There must be a problem She's not a happy woman She's not okay There is an issue Watch so shepherds watch for the souls of people Okay Number two Shepherds must watch for the very lives of their sheep Acts 20, 28 Take ye therefore unto yourselves and to all the flocks over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. So watch for their lives. Take heed to them. Make sure they're okay. And then three, Shepherds must watch for the souls of the sheep by being constantly in prayer and thanksgiving. To pray for their soul. Apart from using your eyes to see, is this one happy, not happy? Pray for them. Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Four, shepherds must watch for the souls of the sheep by praying in the night for them. Oh, pastors, let's wake up at night and pray for the sheep. Pray at night. Pray at night. Praying at night is called watching and praying. Five. Shepherds must watch for the souls of the sheep by watching out for the enemy. Second Timothy 4, 5. But watch thou in all things and dear afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of your ministry. Watch out for the enemy as well. The next assignment is the assignment to feed. I think I've spoken to you extensively about feeding. The next assignment is the assignment to restore and to heal. Restore and to heal. Not abandon and condemn. Restore and heal. Restore and heal means that you have diseased shepherds. Sorry, sheep. 
to restore and heal. Job chapter 13 verse 4. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Mercy. May you become valuable physicians to the sheep. Valuable physicians. May you not be physicians of no value. May you be valuable physicians. People who can heal. People who can heal and restore. People who can prescribe methods, ways, verses, prayers for the sheep to be restored and healed. Are you tired? Are you with me? Oh yes, I said yes, you are tired. Then you should be saying, oh no. Okay. Now we continue. Now you can say, oh yes. Aha. Uh-huh. The next the next way in restoring and healing is that shepherds are also to heal the broken-hearted. That's the scripture, Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has not me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken-hearted. There are disappointments in people's lives. Disappointments. Whether it is their fault or not, whether it is a mistake, foolishness, or ignorance, and naivety, whatever it is, there are disappointments. There are disappointments. And a disappointed person is a broken-hearted person. Heal the broken-hearted. If you can't do it, we can see that this is related, it's a direct fruit of anointing. Then pray that the anointing on your life will double. So that you can heal the brokenhearted, and not have a congregation of disappointed people, hurt people, broken people, jilted people, because there are wolves among the flock. Yes, yes. there are always guys who are breaking the hearts of sisters. Yes, yes. Out of out of excitement. Out of excitement They may not tell you about it When the thing is happening For you to advise them that this guy is a dangerous guy Because they think they've got a good catch When it doesn't work out Usually when it doesn't work out That's when you hear of the stories They make the confessions When the bubble is best I'm sure it's like that in your church too Yes. Yes. But a good shepherd, you don't condemn such a person. Pray for the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. Otherwise, you tell everybody, foolish girl, when you were doing, didn't you have my number? The heart. Heal the brokenhearted. Restore and heal the brokenhearted. Yes, heal the brokenhearted. Minister to them so that they'll be healed and they'll recover. Yes. A lot of guys, I don't know whether they are aware of it or not, but they've left scars on people. Scars on people. Scars on people's children. Yes. 
especially, especially those who had authority and used their position to scar people. You've scarred their souls. You've taught them evil things. You were called pastor. You were called pastor when you were doing it. Your name was pastor. You used your office as a pastor to scar people. And some of the scars are like permanent. It's like the person is never normal again. Never normal again. That's what I'll say to you. And like you, you think when you interact, you think the person is having, the person has emotional problems or mental problems. But someone has got a wicked man, a wicked man with an honorable title has scarred them and left a scar on them and walked away. And living happily ever after in his quarters. I don't want to declare my thoughts. Oh yes. My next sentence may not be good. Yes. Because people, people scar people. They scar them. You can see that, you can, you see that the poor girl is messed up. She's become a mess. She, 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 doesn't, she doesn't even know how to dress and even how to walk. It's like, it's like it's, you almost feel as though the person doesn't even like herself anymore. Even when something is nice, like the thing is not nice. So the person met an age. So the person is looking beyond what you can see. The person has been affected within. Within. The person is affected within. Not outwardly, within. Person has become a fisher of compliments. Yes, a fisher of compliments. As if those are the people who realize they fall into the hands of another person. And then into the hands of another person. Because, into it, because the person now needs, needs compliments to feel, to feel normal. The soul is scarred. Be healed in Jesus' name. May every broken heart be healed. May every scarred soul and mind be healed in the name of Jesus. Yes. But a shepherd, all the things I'm explaining to you, all the things I'm explaining to you, I have names on my mind. I have names both of the wicked one and the victim. If I didn't know some of the wicked ones, I would have continued my sentence. But because I know who they are, I, I, I just hope that it's still may forgiveness prevail. And that's I'll say th- I'll, I'll, I'll say things and believe God. Let's go to the next point, okay? <laughs> Did you say yes, please? <laughs> Let's just go to the next point. Yes. You see, it gets to a point, your members become like your children. Yes. You, they, they become like your children. You feel their pain. You feel their pain and you notice their distortion. And you see why this one is distorted. And you know the person who planted that seed. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have to become your, ch- your child before you feel and you see things. I think we should go to the next point, isn't it? I think so. Restore and to heal. So, pastors, let's let's feel for our people. 
and pray for them and help restore them. Do you want a break? Do you want a 10 minute break? 15 minute break? Yes? We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on social media. Search for First Love London on Facebook and YouTube and First Love UK on Twitter and Instagram. Have a blessed week.